This is the Better Reading Podcast platform with stories behind the story, Jane's Be Better Podcast, my book chat with Caroline Overington and more. Looking for a particular podcast? Remember, you can always skip to it. Welcome to the Better Reading Podcast, stories behind the story, brought to you by Belinda Audio. Listen to Belinda Audiobooks, anywhere, everywhere. Hi, this is Cheryl Arkell for the Better Reading Podcast, stories behind the story. We talk to authors about how they came to tell us their story. Charles Firth, uh, welcome to Better Reading. Hello. Charles is the co-founder of The Chaser, and I'm sure everybody knows that, an Australian satirical media empire which rivals Rupert Murdoch's news corporation in all fields except power, influence, popularity and profitability. (laughs) Now, we love that, and I do want to talk about news. Uh, Charles' TV credits include the incredibly popular ABC TV series CNNN, N, and The Chaser's War on Everything, amongst others. He has worked as a writer, presenter on Australian's Triple M Network and co-written and edited five comedy books in The Chaser annual series. Charles is currently on tour with his mate, James, is it Schloffel? Schleffel. Schleffel from The Shovel with their show, The Anti-Expert's Guide to Everything. The show takes on topics that will alarm even the most level-headed conspiracy theorists, revealing the secrets doctors, scientists and other experts don't want you to know. Charles has been quoted saying, it's the best show I've ever been in. There you go. Yeah. High praise for your own show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Five <laughs> stars. <laughs> Six stars. Why not? Well done, you. <laughs> well done. Okay, so I want to I take it back because I, when I think about you guys, I think you've, uh, this is probably um, doesn't make any sense, but it, you'll know what I mean. You pro- you're ahead of your time at the time and you're still ahead of your time. Does that make sense? Oh, that's that's a nice thing to say. Oh, uh, I, I absolutely well, believe that. It's funny. Um, I was uh, talking to a friend of mine yesterday who was saying that on the IPA website, which is that sort of far-right think tank, and on it from about 10 years ago, there's an article which actually um, claims that the chase is war on everything will lead to the death of Australian politics and a lurch to the far-right oh. because our sort of bombastic stunts and everything would just dismantle the Australian political system. Um, well, that's a lot of power. I know, a lot of power. <laughs> that's maybe <laughs> more power than Murdoch. Yes, exactly. We did it. We destroyed Australia. Yeah. We got there first before Murdoch. Perfect. That's right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I don't think that's true at all. But but yeah. uh, I thought it was interesting. I, I mean, I do think um, I think to be honest, I think actually what has happened since even before the chaser became even in university and even at, at school, um, the truth is that the sort of teams that I've always loved working with are ones that completely ignore what's trendy or popular or anything like that. Like I think mm. the chaser was essentially the the daggiest people in the world, mm. but we made daggy 
sort of popular for a, a you while. You made Daggy popular, but I think what you identify very often is what we all identify or come to later on. And I'll, I'll take the Me Too example. You know, mm. you guys were talking about stuff like that back then. Mm. And really, it's taken how many years for us to get there? So I feel as though that you kind of tackle ideas very, very early on and at, and at incentive if you like. And sometimes they take off at the time and sometimes they don't, but they eventually come back. Mm. And and actually a really good example of that is really early on in the mm. Election Chaser, which was 2001, which was our first ever TV show. Um, that was during the Tampa crisis. Mm-hmm. And we actually, when Peter Reith released those photos that he'd cropped um, of Unbelievable the deception lie. We, we were the only uh, commentators during that election to say, this is rubbish, this is untrue. Absolutely. This is a complete fraud. And then about six months later, they released the, un- remember they had that Senate mm. inquiry and they mm. worked out, oh yeah, it was a complete fraud. And, mm. we, and we called it. We mm. literally were the only, we were the only, but it was so clear. It was so obvious. Do you know, I, I and I'm, I'm not going to hone in on politics because that just takes mm. me off on another tangent. But <laughs> I, I do want to say that I feel that politics changed with John Howard, that lying, like we talk about now, we talk about fake news. He was the introducer mm. of fake news. I feel that he wanted to be prime minister at all all costs. Mm. So it didn't matter what, you know, whether he was fact-checked and that wasn't even a conversation back then, right? Mm. But if you go back to him, I would say that he he really introduced that style now of just say whatever you like yeah. and, you know, hopefully some of it sticks and hopefully some, and, and then some of it doesn't, and which at, Scott Morrison is doing, he's got that down to a T. And at its core, it was about a lack of accountability. He, he actually... What his genius was to realise that if you just hold on long enough, yes, you won't be held accountable. And yeah. so he, he remember because he start when he started out, mm-hmm. he he kept on sacking ministers for transgressions, mm-hmm. and that then just led to it looking like his government was in chaos. So he just stopped that. He just stopped being like accountable. Like Peter Reith, he kept yeah. him with all that, you know, yeah. all. And, yeah. Yeah, and 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 it was it was this less it was a constitutional change to Australia because Absolutely before then agree. ministers were responsible. Now they just don't. They just yeah. you know. In fact, it, it's sort of like what would Howard do? Well, mm-hmm. um, it you you don't sack a minister. Mm-hmm. Just extraordinary. So, and I do want to get back to how you kind of came to be, but I I just want to talk about fake news because yes. that's still relevant to the chaser. Well, it's it's more news. It's more you know relevant now than ever, really. Isn't talk it? to me about that because it really is quite frightening. See, I think the way that you guys prevented it, presented it, obviously, presented not prevented is that it's satire, but mm. now it's become almost a truth, hasn't it? Yeah. I, I mean, I think there's the, a lot of things are called fake news. Like yeah. our sort of satirical takes on things, I would argue, is not actually fake news. It's actually probing truths. Like the reason why it works is it speaks to a deeper truth. Well, there's something truth. in it. Yeah, yes. there's something in it. There's a kernel yeah. of truth. That's the whole um, idea with satire. But uh, And then there's this other thing which is just counter-propaganda, like it's, it's actually Russian-style just untruth in the public dialogue that is a completely new ph- phenomenon but has been sort of melded into this sort of post-truth 
world where mm. you, you mm. can't trust anything. But, I mean, you can say that the clear decline of that is that, you know, Facebook came along, what, 10, 15 years ago, 12 years ago, whatever it is, and destroyed, and along with Google, destroyed journalism throughout the world, just mm. completely ripped apart their business model without, you know, through a fraudulent process of, you know, basically running a loss on, um, you know, on their site. So they've dismantled that whole form of intermediation of information and it hasn't been replaced with anything. So mm. into that vacuum, it's it's so much easier for fake news to to transmit. Mm. And, and, and that's the opportunity. Like it's not like Russia invented that in 2016 or something like that in, in the US elections. It's just that's a vacuum that now is being filled by opportunists around the world. Mm. Do you know, if I read something now and if I read it and if it's not the New York Times or if it's not in The Guardian, <laughs> I don't believe it. So then what I have to do, if I read an article, then I have to fact check it mm. to make sure that it actually is real. And I have to rely on those papers to, to and the ABC, for instance. But otherwise, you just, you, you just don't know what you're reading sometimes. And one of the things that we point out in our show, the Anti-Experts Guide to Everything, is that um, actually, you know, what the, the breakthrough that Cambridge Analytica made in mm. 2016 was realising that you don't actually need legitimate sources to be saying things. They just have to look like legitimate sources to the average moron. Mm. And so in the show, we actually create this website. We've actually created a website called, the, called expertnews.net and... We're using Facebook micro-targeting. We're using the same techniques as Cambridge Analytica to target people in the US to show how easy it is to spread a false rumour. Mm. Um, and and the whole point is, you know, because the site looks legitimate, people go, oh, well, that's trustworthy. Well, you can do that with 50 bucks and mm. a mm. nice web template nowadays. Mm. You can look as legitimate as the New York Times mm. and people's radar is not set to go mm. to go immediately. Like people want to believe people, especially if it's attempting conspiracy theory or mm. something like that. Do you know, when Trump got in, I, I was speaking to George Saunders at the time. He happened to be in Sydney um, for... Uh, the Sydney Writers Festival, and it was only probably two or three months, not even that, into his election. And I was so shocked, you know, as the, the rest of the world was, and how could have this happen? And I remember thinking it's not going to happen here because we've got a parliamentary system that works. Mm. But George said to me at the time, George Saunders, he trusts the system. He trusts yeah. the system to work this out back then. Now, yeah, four <laughs> years later, yeah. I think the system is well and truly broken. Mm. But do you know what? It had that domino effect globally. Mm. So I think Scott Morrison models himself on him. Oh, absolutely. Like like a lot of the tricks that Scott Morrison uses are, are directly out of the Trump yeah. playbook. The big lie, the art of yeah. the big lie. He, yeah. he often um, does that. It just sort of... And he knows that actually it works really well. There's there's not yeah. that accountability. You know, like when he got asked about Brian Houston being in the White House and he did like being invited to the White House dinner, mm. who's the head of Hillsong, mm. you know, um, and he just stopped answering the question and mm. just he just knew that they'd eventually give up and they did, mm. which is, and that's a, that's a Trumpian thing. I mean, the one thing I would say is uh, there are studies 
that show. Italy is a great sort of melting pot of different types of polities because there's actually about 17 different Mm. sort of states that have, you know, actually quite different sort of systems and things. But there is a, but it's a great, there's a lot of controls in that. But essentially the least corrupt states in Italy are the ones that um, have strong civic organisations and associations, like even just sporting clubs and things like that. Oh, wow, okay. And the idea is that actually if people chat one-on-one with each other, if there's actually face-to-face intermediation of information, then that actually leads to a sort of you can nut things out. You can actually work out what's true and what's not true. Yeah. And it's where there's not that sort of on the ground chatting to each other yeah. where things go completely awry. And, I, I, and you know, the closest you've got to communities like that online are things like Twitter and they're just awful spaces. They're not actually intermediating anything. They're too, and they're not productive in any way, yeah. shape or form. I just want to tell you one one of the things that cracked me up, but of course he got away with it, was the one of the pre-election um, stunts that Scott Morrison did when he was catching the bus in Queensland. What was it? What was it? Scotty on the bus or something? And he actually wasn't on the bus. Did you? Oh yes, <laughs> and he would fly, and then. <laughs> Did you yeah. see that? And there was an ABC journalist that challenged him. Truly, when I'm feeling flat, I go back and watch that because it's so hilarious. He could not answer the question and the whole point was being on the bus but he was flying to every destination. I mean, even then, that was a lie. But the, but, but the whole thing is <laughs> that, especially in Queensland, yeah. um, it's a one it's a one media organisation state. They, mm. They've only got Murdoch papers up there. Mm. It really, and it, we sort of forget that. We know that, but we always forget that actually, you know, the vast majority of people would not have seen that ABC reporter mm. sort of thing. And their impression would have been exactly Scott what was Mer- on the bus. Scott was on the bus because yeah. that's in the Courier Mail and all the, I mean, there's about a dozen mastheads that Murdoch controls up mm. there. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I want to talk to you about that. Now, um, you know, I'm really good at, at hating them, that family. I'm very good at it. But um, somebody told me the other day, and I don't know whether this is fake news or not. Mm. So somebody told me the other day, if you look globally, and so for instance, if you look at the UK and there's Boris Johnson, you look at the US and there's Trump, and you look at Australia and there's Scott Morrison, that they are largely um, areas that are controlled, the media is controlled by Murdoch. Yes. 
Do you, do you think there's truth in that? Yes, I think oh, that wow. there's. A, okay. I think there's a huge correlation between Murdoch's mm. grinding influence, and you've got to realise. What he, he doesn't run a media organisation. It pretends to be a media organisation. Yes. It is as political an organisation as GetUp is. It's much better than GetUp. <laughs> like they're much better mm. at doing it. Mm. Um, but, you know, there's a reason why Andrew Bolton, Miranda Devine, and, I mean, there's an actual template that if you, if you have low self-esteem and you know that you can't make it as a proper opinion writer in the wider world... You hitch yourself to a Murdoch um, masthead in in a shitty little city like Melbourne or whatever. <laughs> I love I love Melbourne. I know you do. Yeah. <laughs> so do um, I. So and do then I. and then you earn what three hundred three fifty grand, mm. probably four hundred grand. Bolt would be on a, a year. But they all drink the Kool Aid. I know lots of journalists oh, there that think, defend him. Do you think they drink the Kool Aid, or do you think that they just have low self esteem and and they Maybe. toe the line? They just, I mean. Do you know, they, even they, with the they fight, they just see it as a game. Yeah, they see it as a yeah, game. they do. They, they don't do. care. Yeah, yeah. And it's, and and it, and that is that's. I mean, that is a very. And I think part of the Andy Murdoch because there's a large, you know, Andy Murdoch sentiment now. But no, I still think no one's playing to win. Like, if you if you're going to win against Murdoch, you actually. I mean, the Chaser, for example, runs this. Um, uh, cancel your. News subscription. We, you can't actually cancel your news subscription to any of those newspapers or anything like that online. They make it so you've got to ring up, oh, and it wow. takes it takes like twenty five minutes to wow. to unsubscribe. So we run a service where if you enter your information, we'll do the ringing up for you. And so far, Fantastic. We, so far we've stripped about half a million dollars worth of revenue annualised out yeah. of News Corp from that, which yeah. is not. Huge, but it's sort of you've got to start playing a bit dirty against Murdoch to This is what you have to do. This is why the Democrats aren't getting anywhere. Yes. Because they're not playing as dirty back because that's culturally not what they do. Yeah. Although if you go get you don't want to go down into the gutter with Trump, do you? No, <laughs> no, you don't. But I mean what do you do? Then we have him for another four years, which is probably gonna be likely. Do you know this is my theory, and can we come back and talk about this in, yeah. after he get gets elected? <laughs> He's not gonna go. After his term, I reckon someone's going to have to go in and physically move him out. Yeah, I think that's right. It because be- he really thinks that that he's there for life. He's a despot, if mm. you've ever seen one. Yeah, and yeah. and I think the place that you always have to look in those sort of constitutional moments is the military, right? Like, yes, how would the military respond? Well, they hate his guts at the moment. Yeah, and the but the question is, how many? Generals, has he? Yes. Has he moved on, and therefore have to be loyal to him? Now, they're, mm. they're pretty independent, still, aren't they? Yeah, I but, think but, they, don't, but, they don't like him so much yet. But that, but I mean, this, that could change. But this is the lurch into yeah. authoritarian mm. uh, patrimonialism, which is that if you suddenly start relying on your military, mm. who are the only professional people in your society then even if it's it has a civilian master, even if all the military do is install Bernie Sanders in his rightful place or whatever, mm. um, you've still, you've actually still, that is a military coup in a way because suddenly you're actually relying on the military, your own military, to implement your democratic sort of things. That's not moment, what's supposed to happen. Well, at the moment we're relying on Russia. <laughs> <laughs> But isn't that what's happening? <laughs> it's so frightening. It's so frightening. And for, for initially, I thought, okay, well, as long as it's contained in the US, we'll be right. We'll mm. be right. But that hasn't happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. 
it's really scary. Mind you, um, I don't think Scott Morrison will be there for life. No. 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 Our system does work, actually, to a certain extent. Okay, so, and this is another segue. Like, for me, looking at you guys and thinking about you coming in today, you've transitioned from, let's call it analogue, Mm. to social media mm. so seamlessly. Like, you know, you would have started this business when there was no Facebook, when there was no... Oh, yeah. Talk to me about that and how it well, came about. It's it's funny because I actually used to be a computer programmer, like when I was young, when I was a teenager. And one when of we were the, all using DOS. We were all, yeah, <laughs> using DOS. Yeah, yep. I remember it. Um, and we... And so when... When we set up the chaser, one of the things I did was I wrote a little computer program to make it quicker to put stuff up on the web because this was 1999. Yeah, And wow. we set up chaser.com.au and instead of having to publish each, you know, back then there was no such thing as a content management system like no. a WordPress or anything yeah. like that. So I, I wrote a, a computer programmed one and it was actually designed for quickness because, you know, we were using cheap servers and and it was funny, Stephen Main from Crikey was setting up Crikey at exactly the same time and he came up to Sydney and, and went, oh, we've got this special HTML-based CMS. Do you want to – we could give this to you, you know, in a deal or something like that. And then I showed him what I'd written and he went, oh, can I have that? <laughs> like, <laughs> That's like, it was, it, like, And so we were way ahead right at the beginning. The the – Floor in my sort of thing is I should have just done that. I exactly. should have done the computer programming. Because then you were a rich guy. The comedy, yeah. <laughs> I, I right. wrote the first, and I, for years I, I, I would pull my hair out at all the other CMSs because, like, well, mine's better, because <laughs> mm-hmm. it was all very automated. So it, it is true. We were online, and I think that that was one of the things that made us um, sort of think that we we're always on the cusp of something bigger. So even though. Um, our newspaper would never have sold more than about three or 4,000 copies across yeah. Australia. It had yeah. national distribution, but that was the sort of yeah. level of it. Um, you know, there were moments, like, for example, during the 2000 Olympics, we skinned, a, it was basically the same computer program, but um, we skinned it. To, we just basically ripped off the sydney2000.com website and made it silly 2000 and did a whole, we spent two weeks just grinding out, um, you know, Olympics content. And we became the seventh largest comedy website in the world. Like we, and we actually got into trouble because our our host back then, we were on a $55 plan with Web Central, (laughs) which was owned back then by Malcolm Turnbull. Like he he owned it. There you go. And, um, and they rang up after we'd had this amazing month of uh, being just across the globe um, going, oh, your data bill is like, I don't know, it was something like $170,000. Whoa. <laughs> for excess data changes. We went, we can't afford that. Yeah. Can we pay, can we cut you a deal like 100 bucks? Yeah. So can we pay we, an instalment? Yeah, I think we we ended up settling for like $1,000 or something yeah. like that and they said don't do it again. Yeah. <laughs> so, Remember when data was so expensive when oh. some people would get a mobile phone bill for, you know, $2,000 or something? Hey, tell me how you guys came about. How did the chaser come about? So... um, so what happened was I was uh, – I'd, I'd done the, the uni newspaper, Onisoir, and loved it and okay. actually turned it into what a bit of What uni was that? At, at Sydney University. Yeah. And, and 
we, in that year, we turned it into a sort of, it was like the chaser. So we'd have comedy news for the first sort of four or five pages um, and had a lot of fun with that. And then it got to the end of my degree in about 1998 and I I actually tried to get a job at the Australian Financial Review because I'd done a degree in economics and like a cadetship. You've made some bad career choices, I know. Right? I could you have could been, have made some money. I could have been an economist. <laughs> well, no, except they rejected me. Right. And so I went, well, I still want to run a newspaper. <laughs> right. I'm just going to run my own. Yeah. And then... And so we started meeting. It was in a little terrace house, a big terrace house on Share House that I was living in with um, Craig Rucastle, Andrew Hansen, and a few other people, Craig's brother and a couple of other people. And um, and we just started having meetings with literally about 30 or 40 friends going, what would a satirical newspaper look like? Like, what you know, if we wanted to set up the new version of the Oz or, you know, mm. like we were looking back to Nation Review and the Oz and yeah. stuff like that. And it was that six months of just chatting about it and having all these ideas about it that I think then really gave us a sense of what we were before we then started it. And then it, it all just congealed over the summer. It was like, well, are we going to do this or not? And to Julian's credit, Julian started going, Okay, well, he was a lawyer. He was actually a practicing lawyer at that point. Um, here's the company forms. Let's set up a company and like yeah, knew all the forms yeah. to make it happen. And so by about you know February or March, it was like this is really going to happen. And by May, we'd put out the first edition. And and the idea was we were just going to do eight editions. Wow! And then see what happened. Yeah. And it was all done. It was done on. You know, we raised about four thousand three hundred dollars in in capital from our parents, basically. Wow! And, <laughs> and that would have been a lot of money. Yeah, back yeah. There. And yeah. then, and then a, a lot of the rest of it, at least for the first year, was just done on like I, I got a few credit cards, and yeah. I I yeah. just would put the printer's bill on the credit cards, and then rotate the credit yeah. Card and, yeah. and wait for the money to come yeah. in from the news agents. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. yeah, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Running just, a business is not easy, yeah. but do you know? I mean. You know, there's so much to this story because there would have been a lot of groups around the country thinking the same thing. But what makes, I think, a good idea work is the execution. People mm. actually make it happen. But, you know, what I love about you guys is that you have stayed relevant in what, is it 21 years in mm. all that time? Because you look at something like the Australian, for instance. I mean, you know, that's just slow death, right? Mm. They've just so becoming more and more irrelevant. So I think in this climate, it's just staying relevant. It's, it's incredibly difficult as a business um, and developing content that is engaging all of the time. I mean, it must be very challenging. Well, we've had, we've been very lucky in a lot of the people who yeah. we've met along the way. Like, for example, the current editor of The Chaser is a guy called Cam, who's in his sort of late 20s. Mm. And um, he's a genius. Mm. He's just... He is the funniest writer I have met since wow. since Chris Taylor, um, who, um, who you know, like like, like he's that level of just mm. absolute genius comedy writer. Um, and you go, well, you know, it, I mean, it, it's sort of lucky. I mean, I suppose in some ways it's not really he, lucky because you chose him and hired well, him. Well, he, yeah. but he. Yes, but yeah. he also, I think he also chose the, like the good thing was yes. because we then had had this body of work, mm. the idea of going and using his amazing skills on the chaser 
it was not beneath him or something like that. And so it actually works out both ways. Well, you know, it, I was going to talk to you about the future of the chaser too, because the future has to include young people and new people. Yes, absolutely. And when an organisation, and I have those challenges here as well, you know, you, I try not to make it all about the identity of myself. You know, you've got to actually hand that over, don't you? That's, yes. That I think is very important in, in longevity, isn't it, in terms of business? And, and it's funny, um, just the other day, Cam posted a meme um, on our Facebook page that none of the sort of like the founding members have a WhatsApp group and there was a bit of chatter going around going, what the hell is that? That's yeah. terrible <laughs> and everything like that. But it actually did quite well and but yeah. no one understood it mm. and I was going, I think it's just, mm. it, it, and they were going, you know, they were sort of taking it literally and the whole point about the meme was it wasn't supposed to be taken literally. And I asked Cam about it yesterday and he was going, oh, yeah, that's just, that's that's a meme that's going around amongst millennials at the moment. So I put it up. That's why it went so well. And you're just going, you can talk to this audience in a language that mm-hmm. we just have no, I mean, we're only mm-hmm. in our mid forties, but we're, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. and, and that is true that, that, and, and because comedy is such a youth, I mean, we have lots of old, um, fans and everything like that, but you know, I think people are most attracted to comedy in their teens and 20s. Mm, when they're, they're at uni. Yeah. But also, too, you have to bring it with you and you have yeah. to bring that new generation yeah. in. And, and that's not easy. Absolutely. Hey, listen, before we go, talk, tell me a little bit about the Anti-Experts Guide to Everything. So, well, this is fake news. This is the mm-hmm. the, the idea is that, you know, um, the world is is moving away from, you know, Bureaucrats who actually know what they're talking about and can hold. Should people we mention what's her name, Benita? Benita Arndt. Be, 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 <laughs> Bettina Arndt. Arndt. There's a gag in there. There's actually a gag. Is it? Because I'm talking about, oh, you know, if you want to set up a fake online profile, yeah, uh, to spout ridiculous things, and I'm talking about, you know, Russian bots type yeah. thing. And and the the gag is. Oh, no, no, you just end up with an order of Australia medal if you're yeah. in Australia. That's right. <laughs> it's true. I mean, the whole, apparently her whole career's alive. Uh, wow. Extraordinary. Well, uh, really? And the fact that you can well, just... Well, she's ahead of her time. Yeah, she, uh, <laughs> she's been so, lying for a long time. But it's not just... But it's also things like we go into homeopathy and we yeah. go into the anti-vaxxer movement and... God, that's another... I mean, that's uh, another podcast entirely. I mean, what's, well, it, that's crazy. It's interesting because it, it plays into a lot of progressive sentiments as well. Like I swear the anti-vaxxer movement is at a material basis because the US healthcare system is so terrible Mm. that you can see conspiracy everywhere you look. Like Mm. big pharma are just evil money grabbing, Mm. you know, Mm. institutions Mm. over there. And and that's infected our politics in this very Mm. strange way. I mean, that that has been the comment on Facebook has been, I really liked your show. Uh, except for the anti-vaxxer stuff. Why would you, you know, why would you? Although, do you reckon you can pick an anti-vaxxer? No, you can't. Oh, I think I can. Oh, you reckon? I think so. No, I don't think you can. They're, aren't they the, the They home... surprise you. They're do everywhere. They? Yeah, they're everywhere. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. I think yeah, they're, they're the, kind of the homeschooling type people. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. true. Well, but like, there's a lot of eastern suburbs anti-vaxxers oh, where wow. you go, oh, you know, they're not badly yeah. educated yeah, or... Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're quite well healed and you'd expect them to sort of yeah. have a science-based approach to life. Yeah. But it's all like Do you think natural. the coronavirus then is a bit levelling? <laughs> <Do you think? laughs> well, it'll certainly get rid of them, won't it? <laughs> well, 
Okay, what else? Tell me another highlight in the show. Um, and the show and what's to be a book as well. Yeah, um, and it's a book as well. Yes, We've got some week. Well, the I mean the the centerpiece for me of the show is um what we do is we 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 do a bit on vaccination and then we point out that actually if you look at car accidents in Australia, um 92% of people who die in car accidents in Australia have eaten sultanas as a child. So there is a clear link, just as plausible as the vaccination link, mm. uh, between so eating eat sultanas, sultanas and, and, dying and dying in a car accident. Yeah, wow. And, and Do you so, know, I didn't eat sultanas. Well, that's good. I well, n- I've never so liked you n- them. And you've never no. died in a car accident. <laughs> no, that's right. There you go. That's proof. I'm living proof. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Uh, but go. we also we also we also sell <laughs> bottles. Uh, shall I show you? I've got a bottle the sultanas here. people come at you. We've got Blackmore's anti-sultana um, <laughs> vitamin supplement for people who have eaten sultanas. But we've also got Swiss uh, Swiss vitamins. We've got gullibility guard. Oh my god! Wow. Um, and uh, these are eat, the real deal. Yeah, and then uh, Swiss helps you choose between all the vitamins. <laughs> Love it. They're yeah. fantastic. Um, can, uh, shall I just describe it to our listeners? Yes, yes. Um, and are we allowed to say the Swiss brand? Yes. Uh, well, uh, look, they're such frauds anyway. Uh, oh, I, <laughs> I mean, all vitamins, I agree. Yeah. So, yeah, so they've got gullibility guard and also the other jar is helps you choose between all the vitamins. <laughs> I love it. It really, um, you clever guys, really clever. Charles, it's been really a privilege meeting you today and thank you so much for coming in. Oh, thank you for having me. If you'd like more information about Better Reading, follow us on Facebook or visit betterreading.com.au. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Belinda Audio. Belinda Audiobooks are available on CD and MP3 from online booksellers and bookshops everywhere. Or you can download from Audible, Google Play or the iBookstore. We've also created our own app called BorrowBox that's available from both the App Store and Google Play. All you need to do to get it working is to download the app, join your local public library, and you'll gain access to the world's best collection of e-books and e-audiobooks available for you to loan on your phone or your personal device. Belinda, we're here to enable you to escape, imagine, grow, and be inspired through the power of storytelling. Belinda Audiobooks. Anywhere. Everywhere. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you enjoyed this podcast, leave us a review and check out the other podcasts on the Better Reading Network.